Hello, and welcome to the Oscar Went To, the podcast that looks back at a year in film and sees what films endured, what films didn't, and attempts to figure out why. Please give it up for your masters of ceremony, Max Salim and Nick Mestad. Welcome to a very special episode deep dive of the Oscar went to, as mentioned in our previous episode, Max is out. He is on leave helping produce a feature film, which is very exciting. So this is a uh, kind of the first episode we're doing clean of, I'm doing clean of Max in the last episode, Clueless Max kind of jumped in at the beginning and gave us two cents and then handed it off this one. It's just uh, it's just your boy Nick and a very special guest who I'll be introducing in just a second. Uh, very excited for this episode. Uh, we are covering uh, a, a, a movie that I was extremely enthusiastic about in the 1995 recap. Uh, so let's get right into it. This week, as a supplement to our 1995 episode, we are getting our scuba gear on and doing a deep dive into the 1995 French film Lehane, directed and written by Matthew Kasovitz. Uh, I'm Nick Mestad, and uh, on this podcast, we like to look back at a year in film and decide what has aged well and what hasn't and try to figure out why. If that sounds interesting to you, jump back a few episodes in our feed and check out our recap of 1995. And then after that, we like to jump into the depths and take a closer look at some of the films that piqued our interest from that given year. Uh, quick disclaimer, as always, our deep dive episodes are no holds barred and we'll be absolutely getting into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen Lehane, uh, do yourself a favor, just see that movie, even if you don't listen to this episode afterwards, see that movie. Uh, and if you like what you've seen, jump back and you just might like this episode. All right, without further ado, 1995's Lehane with very special guest. Uh, I We came up in Chicago together, uh, and we're still kind of coming up together. Uh, a very, very close friend and a very, very funny man, Mr. Mark Denny. Welcome, Mark. Hi, uh, my name is Mark Denny, and I am ecstatic <laughs> about being Nick Mestad's friend. Okay, uh, Mark, uh, wrong, wrong, uh, I like where your head's at, but slightly wrong uh, uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to say, yeah, I don't Ooh, think enamored okay. really makes it. No, I think, uh, I think ecstatic is where I'm at. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's not what this, this podcast is about, but that's fine. Okay. Um, very excited to have you on the this? podcast. What, what, what is this podcast about? So this podcast is about uh, being Conan O'Brien's friends. Oh, um, so, oh yeah. I love Lahane. I love Lahane. <laughs> Great. My reverse psychology work. Thanks, Bugs Bunny. Mark, we've known each other for, gosh, Going a decade. I mean, we right. Yeah, yeah. we've no, known each other about ten years. That's the first time I'm kind of realizing this. We met in in uh, in class at Chicago in Chicago at I O. Right. We met. I think we met in Barry Heights Level Three uh, scene work class at the old I O okay. Chicago. Is that right? Yeah. I, I can't recall. That that no, that sounds right. Because I I think I was dropping into that class. Um, right. Because I had missed, I had missed my class, and so I was making up for it. And you were in in the class that I was, I was, I was making up. Yes, I remember you had sort of confessed to abusing your drop-in privileges, sort of shamelessly, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I kind of admired that because you were hustling and working really hard. And I say sort of uh, abusingly, sort of jokingly. I mean, no, I was, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was abusing my my privileges. I remember uh, Craig Euler. Uh, uh, wonderful iconic IO teacher had mentioned that that um, he's like you know 
he had like referenced that like they weren't super strict on like if you were to to drop into classes and so at the right. time I was like okay and I just like did that until I was basically reprimanded and told like <laughs> I can't do, I can't be doing that but uh it was very fulfilling and many fruitful things came of it yeah uh and one of them uh, not certainly not the least of which is our uh our, our decade uh, long friendship thus Beautiful. far Beautiful. I love it. Beautiful. Before we get into it, Mark is an impressions man. So, Mark, if at any point uh, uh, you want you want to you want to indulge us with an impression, no. feel free to. No. Okay. 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 That's not why I'm here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is funny. Like that reminds me of uh, like uh, when you see like a guest on like a late night talk show, and they're like, "Well, you know, I do sing." <laughs> and and then the, uh, and it's like well I couldn't sing now and everyone's like oh yeah it'd be funny if I like just like no I'm not going to do that thing no that's I nice. know so, like, that's like um, I think about that all the time because I do think that uh, my my best impression is probably Jeff Goldblum and I do think that if I were to be <laughs> on ever to make it somehow onto a talk show somebody would they would want me to do my Jeff Goldblum and I had that sort of reaction of not wanting to like in this fantasy of mine where I'm even in a position to have to uh, do my uh, my Goldblum impression on network television uh, I I already felt the resistance to doing it um, and so then I sort of got over that so I, I really played this fantasy all the way through and I got over that hump and I decided that yes I would I would do the impression before 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 we get into the to the the meat and potatoes of of today's episode. Can you give us a gold bloom? Ah 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 ah, chew. That's a that's that's a co-written Goldblum bit, which is written by Nick Mestad, uh, where Jeff Goldblum's sneezing, and he goes, "Ah, uh, yes, oh my goodness, I feel a sneeze coming on. Yes, I do. Ah, uh, oh my goodness, yes, it's here. Ah ah ah, well, ah uh, uh, chew." <laughs> I think I need to add one more uh before the final chew to get three uh's in there. But anyway, uh, I've never sure, I've never performed works. this, uh, but I do think it's a, a funny bit. So I don't care if you're 99 or you know nine hours old. You're that that bit lands. Okay. Um, I like the idea just real quick of somebody being like, "Oh my God, how old is your baby? Oh, he's nine hours old." <laughs> oh like, gosh, he's he's probably five thousand hours old today. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, you 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 count your baby how old they are by months? Oh, that's cute. Mine's five hundred thousand hours old. So <laughs> big day, um, big day to turn five hundred thousand hours. <laughs> I guess big hour, not day. Big hour, yeah. <laughs> Time is something uh, we're very interested on this podcast, and and and, oh. uh, and so this is just the perfect segue. Uh, Mark, context-wise, and the movie we're talking about today is Lahaine. I, I pronounce it Lahaine because even though I took five years of high school French, I, I, I just say it like very, it's very American and blunt of me to be like Lahaine, but I think it's Lane or oh. do, do you know, do you know what this, how to pronounce it? What's, how well, do you pronounce it? What's your instinct? I would say Lahaine, but because it's not a pos- there's no apostrophe. Um, like I think the, mm-hmm. like, uh, Again, I, I I took I think about five years as well. I took also I think a course in college, <laughs> but Beautiful. I think they would they would put an apostrophe in and drop the vowel after the L mm-hmm. and just say mm. Lane or Lane. I think no, you're same right. way you'd say you're J. Right. Like I have you know mm-hmm. uh, you know J. I was going to say J on <laughs> basketball, but <laughs> I don't know if that's what is that French? What is that French? Was that French? I have a basketball. No, isn't J? Never mind. I, I'm. Uh, I no, I, it sounds. It to explore this, but 
I, I, I think of it's La Hain. I think the words are separate, so you pronounce it separately each. Yeah, yeah. I just I was watching some Criterion supplemental material on the movie, and Jody, one of those, uh, there's an interview with Jodie Foster who I think kind of helped shepherd it. Uh, it's released oh. in the United States. Oh, and, cool. And she pronounced it in a way that I was trying to remember and be like, okay, that's how I'm going to pronounce it on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I've forgotten it, and it's not La Hain. It's like... right. La, okay. It's like Lain or something. Right. I don't know if, if there's if we have any any French uh, francophone uh, you know speakers yeah. in, in listeners. Uh, just we, we're self aware that we're probably butchering it. But the um, the English translation is hate. The movie yes. is called Hate in English. I um, I, I just do mm-hmm. want to jump in real quick and say she does have the status that if she was mispronouncing it, it it is it is possible somebody wouldn't correct her. I, it, Absolutely. So uh, yeah. Absolutely. But, but anyway, yeah. It, it, it anyway. Good call. Good. The hate. It 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 revealed in the interview with Jodie Foster. It's revealed that she like grew up. uh, She grew up states stateside, but then she has like a good amount of family in France. Okay. And so she also like so she knows. I feel like that's added credentials. She knows. I think it's pretty. That's a huge added credential. I completely retract my observe my. I, that's the only reason I bring it up is because had she not referenced that in the interview, I would be thinking the same thing of like, okay, she's like, you know, a right. brilliant actress, you know, so, okay. Yeah. Lahane currently stands at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It was nominated for approximately zero Academy Awards in 1995. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus of it is hard hitting and breathtakingly effective. Lahane takes an uncompromising look at long festering social and economic divisions affecting 1990s Paris. To set the table, Mark, we saw this uh, both for the first time together mm-hmm. uh, within the past within the past month. You were visiting. We were looking for a movie to watch, and I kind of, uh, you know, under the under the the agenda of trying to consume as many <laughs> 1995 movies as possible for our 1995 episode right. uh i i, I kind of pushed for this and you uh thankfully were open to it we watched it and uh is it fair to say we were both pretty blown away yes we were uh riveted and then and blown away i would say can can you Let's be just, riveted sorry just real quick do you only describe things yeah. as rivet, riveting okay you can be ri- yeah, yeah you can be riveted you can be riveted. Yeah. It's like I found it. I was riveted. I don't know, actually. It makes me feel like a screw or like a tool of some kind. Yeah. Right. Oh, you that you. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a you can be a, you can be a you can be a riveter. Are you thinking of it as ro- as right. as Rosie one, you know, as Rosie oh, showed us all. It's who's Rosie. Rosie the Riveter. I think it was World War Two. Oh, if it was World right. World War One, vets don't get angry at me if I'm messing up the war. I, I think it was World War Two. It was Rosie the Riveter. It's this. Oh, you know, oh, flexi. of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Of course. I knew. <laughs> Can that. you do Jeff Goldblum saying that? Uh, saying, oh yes, ah, uh, ooh, Rosie the Riveter, yes, let me think about it, oh my goodness, yes, of course, ooh, the, uh, flexing the muscle, oh uh, my goodness, I, I'm sorry, I have a bit of a cold, uh, excuse me one moment, uh, 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 chew. Okay, uh, okay, we, I have to, I, I have to get us back on track. So, this movie, we were both riveted. Mark, can you can you describe just like let's just get into like just the, the general like we can just dive into it. Um, cool. Because I remember the, the the way I felt about this movie was it was like a I had it, it's sort of a feeling of I feel like I've had and maybe this is pompous of me, but it's like a general feeling of um, like I feel like I've at least heard or every like 
quote unquote great movie is at least on my radar. Like, it's like, even if I haven't seen it, it's like, I'm kind of, I feel like, oh yeah, that's like supposed to be a great movie. I'll get around to that. Um, and watching this movie, which I've said this, as I've said this in previous episodes where it's like my, I was made aware of this movie kind of through, um, the, the letterbox, uh, app and through kind of film TikTok that like Lahane like popped up numerous times. And it was kind of like, oh, what's this movie? I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And after watching this movie, I was kind of like, oh my God, like, there are so many great movies out there. I thought I was at least aware of them. I had was not aware of this movie and I'm fucking blown <laughs> away. Like I was I was I was mind mind blown. What what was your general general headspace after watching this movie? Yeah, I was sort of I think I was especially blown away by how quickly the explosive ending arrived because the movie, mm. you know, you're watching this movie and you sort of realize, you know, you know, there's like three or five minutes left and you're just like, you know, how's this thing going to either wrap up or explode? And it really does explode. Um, so I think my mind was blown on that front. I think I maybe had a slightly less than just sort of being like, how did I not know about this film? But what I did feel is it was a reminder that there is so much good stuff out there that you're just unaware of and you may have to dig for. And it's fun to know that there is so much good stuff out there that you uh, are not aware of or that is not on your radar. Because this was not on my radar at all. Uh, I had never heard of this movie. I barely knew who Vincent Cassell was. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. Yeah. So I was completely unaware of it. So it it was really fun. You know, I think we both, I think a lot of people enjoy watching a movie without having seen a trailer or knowing almost n- nothing about it um as long mm-hmm. as the movie's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah bad movie you're kind of like man really wish i had seen a trailer and right and i should have learned gone ahead and, <laughs> yes learn something um yeah. quickly the log line for this movie is when a when a young arab is arrested and beaten unconscious by police a riot erupts in the notoriously violent suburbs outside of paris Three of the victim's peers, Vins, Saeed, and Hubert, wander aimlessly about their home turf in the aftermath of the violence as they try to come to grips with their outrage over the brutal incident. After one of the men finds a police officer's discarded weapon, their night seems poised to take a bleak turn. We'll get into scenes moments. I'm going to start off like the the opening of this movie. We open with uh, the it reminded me of Dark Knight a little bit. Um mm where it was uh, a view of the of of kind of the globe and then we see a Molotov cocktail kind of spinning towards it and then we get the voiceover by uh who's revealed to be Uber. It's about a guy who falls off a skyscraper on his way down past each floor. He keeps telling himself, "So far so good, so far so good, so far so good." But it's not how you fall that matters, it's how you land. Molotov cocktail explodes, fire, and then we get into the opening credits, which is real footage of uh the protests over the um the incident in the movie, which uh, contextually, uh, Matthew Kasovitz, the writer director of the movie, has said that he this was inspired by um, an incident where a uh, young Arab man was beaten to death in police custody, and he was chained to a radiator. And then the the police officer who beat him uh, claimed self defense, um, and this was this resulted in many protests and sort of revealed, or, or was just like like um, exemplary of kind of the mounting uh, tension between police and civilians in Paris at the time. Or that's that's roughly sort of what I've come to understand by like looking up kind of the social context of the movie. So you can feel watching the movie, I was certainly like wasn't aware of any of this, obviously, watching the movie. But uh, 
watching this movie in 2021, it was clear that this was inspired by like, it, it, you could, it was just like learn, you could, you could feel the palpable truth of like, oh, this was, this is reflective of issues, social issues at the time in Paris, which I had like no idea about. And that kind of like urgency, there's an urgency to the movie. There's a kineticness to the movie and, and, and tying it to 2021, certainly with just like the year that 2020 has been with police brutality and police reform, it like particularly punched hard, even though I like to think if that wasn't the social context that we were in currently, I feel like this movie would still stand on its own. But I feel like at a particular punch because of that sort of social context. So let's just uh, get into like scenes and moments that we really like. I'll go first. I'll start at the beginning. I just like the sound design of this movie, uh, kind of rewatching it. I was like, it's pretty incredible. But the first moment we get, like once the credits are done, we get like a push in on uh, our main character, Saeed, one of our main characters. And uh, it's a push in with his eyes closed. And it's like kind of like a uh, muted sound. And then he opens his eyes and like it's almost like ears popping where it's like you can hear everything clearly. And then like it's revealed that he's looking at uh, a bunch of cops who are just like staring at him. Really immediately there's like a kinetic, like I said, I, I'm going to try to ref- refrain from using kineticness a lot but that no, is but like a it, huge feeling of the movie yeah it's the right i i i actually agree with you completely i think the movie flows really well i think a lot of that has to do the editing and to actually it to answer your question yeah i, I love the beginning i felt like immediately from the uh, get-go with this movie you get a sense of really good um there's this word that ryan cleary has used our mutual friend ryan cleary he's a musician and he describes a particular drummer's skills as tasty meaning um, mm. I think very deliberate and um, not overindulgent, but just it just having good taste. Tasty. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like this movie felt that way. It flowed. It was patient. I mean, one thing that I was thinking about. So it comes up and there's this black and white footage of riots and you have this reggae music playing under it. And uh, I remember mm. trying to I remember thinking why this was so satisfying. I think one reason is reggae music is like it, it, it's so colorful, just in thinking of like Jamaica and the bright colors. And then you have this really sort of black and white dramatic uh, footage. And then there's mm. also it it the voiceover comes in later. So you have a moment to sort of process this visual information and then you have the, the voiceover. And so I think the movie itself is just metered out really well. And there is this uh I mean, what I was saying is I think kinetic is the right word. Through the editing and the storytelling, it really flows extremely well. It feels almost, the whole movie almost feels like an album where the songs are sort of bridged. I'm trying to think of like an album. I feel like there's a few Pink Floyd albums or something do that. Yeah. Uh, but that type yeah. of thing, um, it, it mm-hmm. really moves well. So I, I, I agree with that sentiment. That's a, such a good call with the album because, like, as a whole, the movie does such a good job of giving you moments that are lighthearted and fun and like kind of just like you laugh, you know, they're comedic uh, scenes that are like horrifying uh, in terms of their tension and stress. Um, There, there is like, it's explosive, it's playful, it's boring, it's electric, it's uh, contemplative, it's um, low brow. Like it, it really has this really rich variety throughout the whole movie and uh, you know the, the way it's edited the sound like it's just so textured in all of its elements that I think that's a, maybe the main reason why uh, it's really hard to turn away from once you start it because it's just like you know these these characters are uh, so cool and comfortable and angry and um, 
there's like it's not a plot heavy movie like you're really hanging out with these characters um but there is this really kind of swirling unrest and tension that's building with this gun and with you know they say it many times in the movie of like you know, Vin's has the, 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 you know, the, the officer's weapon, the gun. Vin says like, if, if Abdel dies, I'm going to shoot that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a cop or I'm going to use this weapon. Um, so it's sort of this like, you know, uh, Chekhov's gun in the most literal sense. And, uh, but, but you're getting these, like, they're just like, so they're really funny and playful. I mean, they're old friends and they're like, it, it's just like, it's great. It's really great. Yeah, just so so just to piggyback off that, the movie does put a spotlight on these youths sort of just hanging out and sitting around during the day. But then it does these mm-hmm. really cool editing tricks to sort of um, convey that a time lapse really quickly. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. there's particularly this edit. They do this edit trick twice. One is when they're sitting in the playground and they're all at the mouth of this dinosaur um, mm-hmm. and they're there's a big dinosaur in the playground and then the tongue is the slide and they're all sort of sitting uh, in the path of this dinosaur. But then they sort of almost have like a ramping up of like a high symbol or something. And then it just, the, mm-hmm. it jumps to mid conversation. So which almost just conveys that time has passed. So they do mm-hmm. a good job of making that kind of satisfying while still communicating that these people are just, these youths are just sort of sitting around, not really doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. And then also throughout the movie, the movie itself is a ticking time bomb going to the idea of the loaded gun. The, the movie is cut up by uh, timestamps throughout the day with just a ticking mm-hmm. clock. So they really mm-hmm. do drive that home. I thought the whole movie did a really good job of almost utilizing what could be in the wrong hands seem as sort of junior film school uh, techniques. But they're all done so well in such a satisfying way that uh, it's just... It, it does make the movie feel dynamic and kinetic and interesting. Totally. I think that like ticking clock is like t- totally because it's like because it's a device just having the ticking clock that is such a like tension building mechanism that it's right. like you can have these scenes where they are literally just like listening to a little kid kind of ramble on kind of about nothing about yeah. a TV show. You know, and then that feels very intentional. Like he's rambling on and then it just like, you know, he, he gets to the end of the story and Vince is just like, wait, is that it? He's like, yeah. You know, it's like intentionally just like anticlimactic. You get these boring stretches, right. but then like, you know, you cut back to the, you know, the clock and it's like, and it's like, you can feel like, well, what is this counting? What What is this building up to? Like, it's a really cool effect. It's almost like it's unsettling in a way because it's like you've just seen this boring thing and you it's like you you as the audience like can feel like and and see that something something's you know is building up and is going to happen right it's the execution of that premise of that story that hubert uh tells at the beginning he tells twice in the film Mm -hmm. about falling and falling and then in landing so you get the sense that the whole movie is about the falling and then it's got it's Mm going to land somewhere um so yeah i i'm in great call yeah some favorite scenes moments i love like the, the introduction of you know the, our three main characters saeed vins and uber uh how we get their names mm. it, it, you know like saeed yes. is like writing oh, fuck man. fuck the police on the truck vins we get the 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 quick push into his 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 ring mm-hmm. and then uber we get the the kind of pan over to like his boxing promotional poster it's fucking awesome Dude, that is such a great specific, because I was thinking about the character introductions. They also show, they show at least Hubert and Vince's rooms. I think they take a moment to show Mm -hmm. you the sort of stuff that's on their walls, which I thought is just such a good way to um, 
display or you sort of show information about a character but yeah specifically yeah they, they do have they show you the 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 written out names in such cool ways mm-hmm. and it's like such a cool it just feels like it's just so cinematic and it's just like it's a it's a really nice organic way of signaling like here are our characters like here are our guys you yes. know it's yeah. it's like so cool it does have to it does feel like a movement thing again um Mm -hmm. they do a great job it's like you know he's tagging the back of a police car and we see his signature and that's how we learned his name that's just great dude absolutely like each one reflects their character yeah where it's like that shows that shows saeed vins like has a flashy you know ring with his name on uber is like yeah yeah like he's like all you know it's just like indulgent and like flashy and then Uber's is just like, he's like a boxer and it's a promotional poster. It's just, it's great. It's just beautiful. It's like so much information that's just like being delivered in like a very elegant way. Yeah. Movie really does move extremely well. It does. It does. I was rewatching it last night and uh, truth be told, like I, my parents called halfway through. So I like talked to my parents and then I was like, well, I'm running out of time. Maybe I'll finish this tomorrow. And the movie was playing and I couldn't stop it. Like, I just, like, kept being, like, well, like, I got, and it, it's just, like, it really is great with just, like, hooking you and keeping you going. I really like the, uh, and feel free to jump in with any scenes, moments that cool. you got. I really like the uh, the DJ uh, helicopter shot that we get over yes. over the apartments. Like, just a rare moment where it's, like, head above water a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's just so awesome. Man, I love that scene. I love the, I it starts with a shot on, um, Hubert looking out the window and then it jumps to the window of the DJ. Those both of those shots are just feel geometrically so pleasing to look at. And then yeah, this I we were trying to figure out this is before drone footage. I mean, unless it was some sort <laughs> I was gonna say like some sort of military uh, tiny drone or something that somehow the filmmaker got hold of or I don't know, or just some little remote control helicopter. But yeah, the the drone mm. shot over what I believe are the projects um, is mm-hmm. really great. I also love the scene where they uh, are. I don't know where they are, but the camera settles on the ground at the same level as some break dancers, and you're just watching these guys break dance, and then the dancing gets interrupted by uh, a police uh, conflict. And I just loved. It. I was trying to figure out. I was like, how do you earn just dropping the camera on the ground and then playing some cool music and having some awesome break dancing and just you just sort of settle in that and that to me had to do with a little bit of the flow of just taking having a look at what the youth are doing in their free time and then interspersing that and interrupting that with the social unrest um so i really loved that and then another great moment you had talked about when we watched this was Vince's fantasy about killing the cop when I think they're in a mall or parking lot or something like that. And we've just learned that uh, Abdel has uh, died and then Vince disappears and he's fantasizing about shooting these cops. And then when he snaps out of it, you hear the uh, car alarm that was especially loud in his fantasy, but is uh, actually happening in reality just at a much more muted volume um mm. those were just all sort of cool things and fun scenes yeah absolutely and like in that scene where where vins is also uh w- worth mentioning that um all three main characters names are the actors names who play them which is interesting um but where vins like is like that that imaginary scene like uh, the 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 tra- 
the transition of like an explosive gunshot is how we open the movie. It's how we end the movie and it's like used throughout the movie. And it, it's just, it's just, again, it's kinetic. It's just so it, it's like an edit that has building meaning throughout. That's like cool on its own, but also is layered with meaning, which is just like, it, it, you, I feel like, you know, you can nerd out on it like forever. Cause it's just, it keeps on giving. I also really like the dolly zoom, you know, like the jaws vertigo kind of like, you know, dolly zoom that we get when they arrive in Paris for the first time. And it just like, it goes for like much longer than I thought it was going to go. Like you kind of, you know, you get that, you get that like dolly zoom and you're like, okay, this is going to last like five seconds. And it just like keeps going. And it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit. It's a really cool effect. I was trying to think about what that was about. And do you think it was that like the city is the monster or this part of town is the monster? Because after that, they do have another police running and they, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. What was your uh, interpretation of that moment? That's the, my interpretation is that's the first time we're seeing Paris in the movie. And so it's like, we're just like, we're in Paris now we're in the city. And to me, it's just like, that's what it's, that's what it's signaling. It's just kind of like, we're in the place now, you know, not necessarily where the violence is going to happen, but we're in the big city now. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of signifying the the location change of and the magnitude of the location change. OK, yeah, I was wondering if there was something like the city was just encroaching on them and getting sort of big and closer, almost like a monster behind these two guys standing on a balcony. I, like that. I don't know. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Also really like the the. Uh, the bathroom scene, aside from it being every almost every shot in it, like we open on Saeed like on the phone trying to get a hold of this like Asterix character, um, and Vince is taking a piss and Uber is taking a piss, but like it's in a mirror and it's like it's just like really visually compelling, which is consistent with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Right. And then we just get the the reveal of the old guy who's like in the stall and he tells this like you know kind of meaningful cryptic story. Yeah, he tells this cryptic story, and as an audience member, you're thinking, should I understand the symbolism here? But then I felt uh, sort of taken care of when the characters themselves were wondering why, I think they were saying, "Yeah, <laughs> why did that old guy tell us that story? What, what, what yeah. the hell was he talking about? And I haven't, st- yeah. I haven't quite uh, figured out what that's about. I think it's about a guy who misses a train. Uh, the train just takes off without him. That was another uh, cinema- uh, cinematically very interesting shot. There are just all sort of refracted in all these different mirrors. And again, throughout the movie, there's so many sort of cool visual choices. I'm trying to figure out if they, what the added intention is, if there is any, or if this guy's just getting, if whatever the, the filmmakers are getting away with these really cool images and they're just so satisfying, then they just work. I don't know. I think it's like a little bit of both because it's like, it's never like heavy handed where it's like, okay, what's the like visual motif? Like, what does this mean? It's just like, it, it just feels like consistently stylish. And like, it goes back, it, it, it goes back to the umbrella of all of it, where it's just like the texture, the visual, the sound, the, the, the tone, the texture of this movie is so magnetic and so compelling. And I think that just goes to it where it's just like, we just get these consistently visually compelling shots that are, that are visually compelling in different ways and it's mm-hmm. just it's just great it's a great movie last one i got is the uh i really like the escalator moment of when they're uber and saeed are, are are standing at the bottom of the escalator in the train station and uh and it's just, it's just like this like perfect little allegory for the system and the the corrupt system and the society of like this you know old business guy just coming down and he's just like 
you know, the system, these are the worst people. The system carries them and they're able to like carry the illusion of being calm and not racist. And like, but the second that like the escalator stops or there's an issue, that's when, you know, they like have to like, it's just basically like there, it's like people riding the system and appearing to not have like any like uh, evil in them or, or racism in them. It's just like so simple and so perfect. Right. It's people supporting the system until it stops working for them. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, that was a, that was point. another moment where I appreciated that the actors spelled out what was happening for me because <laughs> I was like, sure. again, I felt sort of like I want to I want to have fully understand the the metaphor here and the symbolism and I really appreciate that they just told me so I didn't have to do yeah. any of that work. <laughs> like, sure, Thank you. sure. I don't want to have to try to interpret this. <laughs> yeah, it's the equivalent of like having the plaque next to the the painting at the museum. Exactly. Yeah, it was a yeah. plaque. By the way, just a, a, I don't want to take us too off topic, but I do remember because you and I went to MoMA, and I remember they had a little plaque for the kids, and I I was able to get more out of the kid plaque than the adult <laughs> plaque, and I didn't know what that said about me or the sort of idea of. Uh, analyzing art but i i found that much more enjoyable and simple and easy to understand <laughs> I, I i love that i remember you saying that now i also think like it's like it's like there's nothing sh- there's nothing to be ashamed of there and it's like <laughs> i feel like especially like things that are like where it's like this movie where it's like when i tell people like you know they ask me like you know if we're talking about movies we've seen in quarantine and what's the best movie new movie do you have any recommendations this is the movie that has taken the top spot like mm. kind of without exception and I find myself being like trying to communicate and cut through the the facade of like okay it's a black and white French film from 1995 it's like that 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 uh, right. you know that so easily has the connotation of being stuffy and kind of like <laughs> high art where it's like I inaccessible know. and boring and important and it's not <laughs> any of those things it's like it's no, the it's, opposite which is like why right. it's so great but yeah I hear you it's I, I thought it was a cool movie too i know i understand what you're saying Definitely. it has it has the making of like a super being the film that a pretentious sort of film nerd would love but no it was just it, it was cool let's move on uh let's go to talking points uh this is kind of the category of like anything about the movie that uh any questions that it raises or any just like facts or or, or opinions about it uh this is where we would voice it do you do you have any talking points mark i mean the only big one and i know i mentioned this one we saw the movie was the fact that a police officer loses a gun and the fact that a single gun is missing in paris is a huge deal and i just remember thinking oh that's different than in the united states where every everybody has like 30 guns and yeah uh, so that was just interesting to sort of note that uh in America, somebody getting a gun would not be maybe a national headline just because it's presumed that everybody has a trunk full of guns in their yeah you know in their closet or something. So, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe just that. And it's wild to see like a a so uh, watching a movie that's a, like kind of attacking social issues pretty explicitly. But like it's a foreign film mm-hmm. is like super fascinating. It's like a great right. it's like a crazy lens into 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 that because it's like even seeing skinheads in this movie. I was like, oh, like, right. It's just wild because we're so used to like or I'm so used to like considering the, you know, the American issues like in the lens of the American issues of like skinheads or guns or whatever it is mm-hmm. or police violence. But to like see it in a completely different country is like wild. It's like seeing the skinheads. It's like, 
oh yeah, like neo Nazis in like are around the world and they're right. in Paris. Like that, it was just like kind of like it sounds like obvious, but like to me, I was like, oh yeah, crazy. Yes, it's it's interesting to see the universality of the problem um, across countries, mm. but then to see the also note the different specifics within uh, a society or country. So that was certainly yeah. interesting. You know, another thing that I noticed in rewatching this, and I don't know how I quite feel about this, and I do think it's interesting. So the way the movie ends is with the police officer confronting Vince, and he accidentally shoots him, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons it's so unexpected, because it's just mm-hmm. a pure accident, and there's been so much tension building toward a intentional uh, shooting of somebody. Um, mm-hmm. So that was interesting, and I couldn't tell. So to me, that does make a good point about just gun violence and the likelihood of a, you know, you can't fire a bullet uh, if you don't have a gun. But then I was also Mm -hmm. like, is this sort of driving home the mess because it's an accidental shot? Does that sort of dilute, dilute the message at all of the sort of, of, of the conflict does that make sense what I'm saying? It does make sense. It does make sense. I'm like thinking about it now because l- let's like let's unpack the ending because the ending okay. I realized I was like kind of like unconsciously like saving for like no reason. It's okay. like the ending is yeah because the ending like because it's like up until you know when we get to the point where we have maybe t- three minutes left in the movie and our three main characters are back home and they're just like saying you know good night to each other you know see you tomorrow mm-hmm. and splitting ways. So this movie's called Hate. And it's referenced in the movie uh, by Hubert, like, especially early on, he's very anti-gun. He's very like, you need to get rid of this gun. You're being like this machismo that you have of like, you're going to fix the police. Like there are good police. There are bad police. Like you think you're going to change something by shooting Mm -hmm. anyone, let alone a cop. Like he's very anti-gun. Like don't use that gun. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, and Vin's is all like, I'm going to fucking shoot. Like, you know, that'll be justice. And it's interesting that by the end, Vins is handing off the gun to Uber mm. and and it's Uber in the end who's like pointing the gun and it's left for us to interpret like did he did he shoot did the cop shoot did they both shoot each other I don't know but I think it's the important thing is is that it's important to see that the person who who was anti-violence is now now in a position of using violence kind of for for in, in a way that he views as maybe his only reason and there's this in in Hubert is the one who references in the er, you know early on in the movie where he's like you don't you know you you, you don't go to class vins we we learned hate breeds hate right. and we see kind of throughout the movie like how just thinking about that and like how hate is like who has hate and how is it sort of, sort of transferred and influenced like we get a couple moments and the ones that come to mind are most obviously in the in, when when Uber and Said are being interrogated by the cops and like the horrific you know the most horrific scene in the movie and it's like they're training another cop i mean it's almost like heavy handed but it works where it's like here's how here's how you do it so that they they just stay alive enough or like it's not it's not like it doesn't leave enough marks and they're just training this cop like how to like basically to, you know beat up and and right yeah they weren't just um beating up these uh, kids and they were sort of in the process of training somebody too. So it was almost like they were, <laughs> they were sort of institutionalizing the abuse. And I thought right. the movie did a really good job of sort of slowly um, changing Hubert, I think, from being on a path toward peace to 
sort of reverting a little bit through that scene. He didn't mm-hmm. sort of leave the station on a mission of violence, but you do see a shift in his character, um, and it makes sense, and it culminates in the in the ending of the movie. That was yeah. how I felt about that. Yeah, that's a good call because it isn't like a like a a line in the sand of like you know you're you're right because he he's the one when Vince has the fantasy of killing the cop at the top of the escalator and and Uber stops him. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because when when Vince is holding the gun to the skinhead's forehead, Uber is like pulled the trigger because he's like he's like you know there are good and bad cops. All skinheads need to die. Right. That was a really intense moment. I don't know if I fully sort of figured out because it's tempting to think. I mean, he again, he spells it out, but you sort mm-hmm. of want to believe it's out of character. One thing I thought that was interesting throughout the whole movie, I was thinking of these three guys um, and the three youths, Saeed, Vince and Uber, And they're mm-hmm. at different stages of um, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, of almost being disaffected. It's like Uber has mm. this as his past. I think he mentioned, I think some of his maybe criminal behavior, I think they were alluding to. Did they say he had spent time in prison? I think so. Because because Vin's, when they're up on the roof, like with the hot dogs and stuff, I think Vin's, like when he's talking about the gun, Vin's reference, like Uber's like, oh, you think you're going to be tough because you're doing hard time, like because you, you're going right. to do time. He's like, I'm the, I'm the only one who, who hasn't done it. That's how you earn respect. I think that's right. how it went. I, I believe. So I think Saeed and Uber have, have done time. I think. Yeah, well, maybe I'll just say this as far as being like disaffected with or disillusioned with, uh, I don't know, society or the mm-hmm. police force or system. Yeah, yeah, the system. I felt like Saeed was, but the reason I asked if Saeed had been um, in jail before or just where he was at is it felt like Vince was sort of on the precipice and actively trying to throw himself over. It seems like mm-hmm. Hubert had, this was a little bit in his past and he was sort of seeing a different future and a different solution or just, uh, he, he was no longer as much like it, it, it felt like Vince was in the, was in the thick of it. Saeed was sliding and on his way and, uh, Hubert had already been through this and was, so it felt like they were sort of at different points of, uh, whatever disillusionment with the system. And so it was it sort of, it was especially tragic to see Hubert slide back into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. Like that, it totally does. And I think that's why that ending, part of the reason why that ending, the, the ending is just like, it feels so perfect, but like that is one of the main reasons. And it's not something I consciously thought of when I first saw it or even on the second time, but it is like, because Uber is the one with the gun and in that position, you feel that because he's the one who's been most outspokenly for pacifism right, uh, and peace. And yeah. you're right. Cause there is a wisdom to what he's saying that like, it, there is an experience like wisdom from experience quality to what he's saying. It feels like, yes, he, and I think the reason I brought that up, just thinking about it was because I was, it almost felt like, Oh, is this out of character that he's encouraging Vince to shoot somebody in the head? Right. Even if it's right. a skinhead. Um, and then right. Vince demurs and seems to, and then decides maybe has a sort of epiphany that this violence isn't worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting. And then he becomes sort of yeah. an innocent bystander. It, I, I don't know, uh, in the end, in, in getting shot. It is shocking, though. 
when he gets shot. It is really shocking. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the ending. It's like it's like because it. I think it like transpires in like what is like a minute and a half of mm-hmm. like film time, and it's like the last minute and a half where it's just like they say goodbye to each other, and it is like it tees you up for like, okay, like it's done, and then like it's just like last minute cop comes, and it's like the cop who has the Notre Dame. Uh, like members only jacket, which I interpret as like, it's just like perfectly like it's a visual uh, symbol of like, it makes him recognizable. Cause you see this cop with the Notre Dame jacket mm. kind of prominently on the roof scene in the beginning. And it's like a memorable kind of like, Oh, this is the the Notre Dame cop. Mm-hmm. And so like to see him, like we remember him and it's like, uh, and when we get, Oh my God, when we get like, yeah, we just get him like, you know, pretending with Vins and it's like absolutely shocking when he accidentally shoots Vins, kills Vins. And then like we get the the tick, the um, clock and it's ticking mm-hmm. again. And uh, it cuts back to the scene and we we still have the ticking this time. And right. it's like, holy shit, holy oh, shit. Okay. Oh, right. And then it's like, and then it just like ties everything. Like we're getting the exact shot that we got in the beginning and we're getting the exact uh, you know, uh, joke story that we got at the yeah. beginning of like, you know, a man's falling. It's the push in, it's the eyes closed. And we get the, the, you know, the cut out of the movie is the explosive gunshot, which is a transition we've had throughout the movie. And that works and is like new meaning at the end. It's just like, it's like five things coming together in like a minute and a half. And it's just like shocking and incredible. The movie feels really focused in a way that is super satisfying and yeah they definitely deliver because it seems uh on on that premise again of doesn't matter of of both one hate breeds hate and then it doesn't matter how you're falling it matters when you land um mm-hmm. yeah i mean it just wraps up because it seems like there's an opportunity for there to be some sort of just for the movie to end without violence and for that to be the statement that you know he didn't he didn't need to shoot like Vince didn't need to shoot somebody and he's he's giving up the gun and that's going to be the best path forward um Mm -hmm. but it's too late at that point and uh yeah yeah so the bomb goes off (sighs) yeah I I mean yeah I think that is yeah that's it that ending is and granted I I think I have like a recency bias with it but it is like one of the best endings I can think of uh Max and I have like an ongoing sort of conversation about best movie endings oh cool uh and I think this is this is certainly up there for me. Uh, Ooh, you, you ever seen before uh, before sunset? The no. second in the before. Okay, that that one is also uh, I think a current, current, current contender for best ever. But wow. that's beside the point. Let's move on. Let's uh, we have splitting hairs as a category. This might be my least favorite category because it uh, you know if it if a movie warrants splitting hairs, I think it, this can be fun. This isn't a movie that like really warrants it for me. Like I have one thing, but it feels like even as I'm like reading the note, I'm like, shut the hell up. Um, (laughs) But if you have anything here, toss it in. So there's the moment where they are up on a hill looking down over Paris and the Eiffel Tower is lit up and Saeed is trying to, he says, look, I'm going to turn the Eiffel Tower off by snapping his fingers and he attempts to. And then Hubert event says, what were you thinking? Of course that wasn't going to happen. That only happens in movies. And then they get up and leave. And then two seconds later, the Eiffel Tower turns off. I, so I remember thinking, I, I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I think I wanted it to stay lit up. Um, mm-hmm. I remember just, you saying this, yeah. But in retrospect, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really know what to make of it going off. I don't know if that's like a wink at the audience um, to say this is a movie, or it's just supposed to be kind of funny, or. Mm-hmm. 
what. So I, I, I don't know. It, for some reason, it kind of annoyed me <laughs> when I saw it. But in thinking about it now, I guess I don't really care. Uh, no, I, 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 I've thought about that since you said it, because I, I mean, I really like how it is, but I, I think I understand where you're coming from in that if the Eiffel Tower stays on, it feels like that's loaded with meaning. The fact that it turns off, but only after they walk away, that has meaning. If it actually went off when he snapped, that would feel cheap. Like it is like something that's very simple, but also naturally you can't help but imbue a lot of yeah. meaning on it. Right. Um, yeah. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Rewatching it last night, I like did... I did like it, uh, uh, but mm-hmm. but I but I hear you, but I hear you. I was curious what your you you backed off of it. But yeah, I was curious. this is this is. I mean, this, like I I'm like hesitant to even say it because it just like feels like it, it's kind of gross too. But in the interrogation scene when they're like in the headlocks, mm-hmm. the headlocks are pretty based on like their facial expression and like you can see that the headlocks are like very fake. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I'm not about to say like, hey, make those headlocks look more realistic. Like that's. Like, <laughs> It's it, it, it's like a, it's like a really brutal scene. I'm just saying yeah. it does stand out that the fact that like you know uh, it, you can tell that the 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 headlocks aren't real. But that's like yeah, like I said, I'm like it, as I'm hearing myself say this, I'm like shut the hell up. Right so. now, I mean, I I'll, I noticed it too, and then I was like, this yeah. is I, I had the same reaction, which is this, this isn't something to go to war over. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the know. message of the scene is strongly delivered, so it's like right. don't don't, yeah. don't be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, all right, MVP. So this is uh, the only thing that we're like really stringent about with this category is that it is singular because it's very easy to kind of list all the great things or multiple mm-hmm. great things about a movie. So singular uh, uh, wise, who do you got for MVP? What do you what what or who do you have? If I were to rewatch something, it probably would be the uh, sequence of the guys arriving to this again this basically what all the breakdancing sequence so they show up yeah i think there's maybe a drug deal going on and then mm-hmm. also saeed's younger sister is there and he goes and tells her to get lost so he's sort of looking out for her and then we slide into this breakdancing and then it's interrupted to me to me that sequence captures a lot of what the movie is about yeah no that's great i can take that okay so the the breakdancing like scene sequence I can totally take that. It's like a microcosm of like what's great about the movie. I can totally get behind that. Yes, I th- yeah, I think for me, you get sort of three three parts. You get yes, Mark. I can uh, visually, I can tell you're you're maybe hesitant about that, but I think you should be confident. I like it. Uh, I think that's a great a great MVP. I I have the writer director Matthew Kasovitz, uh, just because it is like writer director singular. It has the you know the the implied quality of a singular vision. I just think like because it's such a strong piece as a whole. And there's so many different things that are so strong and specific and, and dynamic about this movie. I'm just going to put it all into the Matthew Kasovitz, uh, uh, bucket. Um, I didn't know who he was like when we first watched this movie and I kind of refrained from reading anything about the movie for like 24 hours, just because I wanted to sit in like, it's very easy to like, you see a great movie and then like that, that, that the spell of it and the magic of it is quickly dispelled once you just like Google it and you're like, okay, here's right. what, the, here's what the, here's who the writer director is. Here's why he wrote it. Here's where he was when he wrote it. Here's the cast here, who mm-hmm. they are now. Yeah. And it just like, you, you know, you get all the behind the scenes details, which has a huge benefit to have that available to us. But one of the uh, detriments of that is that it does take away the magic of it. Like if we were left to kind of just in the feeling of the movie and not, you know, able to access all that information, I think the magic of the movie is, is remains uh, a while longer. And, um, 
Anyway, that is to say that after looking up Matthew Kasovitz, I was surprised to see that he's also a prominent actor and he's the, he's the love interest anomaly. That's how I know him. As oh, a kind wow. of the Last but not least is Legacy. Uh, just kind of talking about maybe how this movie was at the time it came out, why it was or was not uh, recognized, and kind of where it stands now and how we think it's going to hold up in, in, the, in the years to come. This movie was not uh, recognized at the Oscars at all. It won, it won Best Director at Cannes that year but that's that's it it won some caesar awards which i've heard of but i'm not familiar with what those are uh it has a lot of love on criterion um but but uh yeah i can safely say like by oscar standards was not recognized at the time why what 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 what, i mean what are your what are your thoughts on this mark if this were right now it is sort of shocking that it got no attention from it's not really shocking that it didn't get attention from the academy awards in 1995 but yeah if this were Mm -hmm. made today um it would certainly seem like it should get a lot more attention. It is surprising, yeah, because it's only it's only available on. Well, we were able to stream it, or at least uh, I think you did too. Yeah, on Criterion. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it's it'll continue to be relevant. I mean, this is it seems as relevant now as it was twenty five years ago in America, and certainly this type of stuff was going on in America twenty five years ago. It just wasn't being talked about as much. So. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it will continue to, I mean, hopefully at some point it's not as relevant as it is right now, but it, it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, it has retained its relevance up until this point for sure. Certainly. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would even push it further to say it's like grown in its relevance, sadly, but it's like, it, it is like, I guess it is shocking to like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's somewhat shocking that it didn't get any love at the Oscars, like not even in like a smaller category that like used in the way of just like a nod at least mm-hmm. to like what this movie is or what it achieved. I mean, I guess like, it's like thinking about it, it's like, okay, it's a black and white foreign film to American American audience. So those are two maybe notches against it in a very general sense of like, hey, should we check out this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, I think any foreign movie in general like is kind of has like a barrier to entry for a lot of general American audiences. And so I think... Uh, and black and white, weirdly, it's just because the optics of it is just like, oh, it must be important. I think those are two very general um, perceived uh, barriers to entry for like maybe a, that can maybe explain why it isn't as well seen, at least in, in my circle and 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 in my experience. I think like, yeah, the social context of this movie is it, the social context of this movie like adds a lot of it to its relevancy. It feels like it could have been made like been released this week. And it would have been like, holy shit, have you seen this movie? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, because I, I, it's like it, it basically comes down to like there's the social the relevancy of the social um, context of the movie, which is sad. And it's like, OK, if that were to change in the future somehow, would this movie still hold up? I think it like it works as a snapshot of this where Paris was as a society as a as like a, in a broader sense, like a societal issue of like. Uh, systematic racism and 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 racism within policing, uh, even removing the relevancy of that like sort of social social issue. Mm. How I think it holds up. It's like as a standalone movie, it is so dynamic and exhilarating and and colorful and uh, uh, shocking. Like it, it's it's that texture of it that I think even in a vacuum, I think this movie is really really great and and and. It's an optimist in me to say that I think this movie will only grow in its in its uh, appreciation and in its in its viewership because it's like 
if you haven't, it, it goes back to how we started the episode. After we first saw it, we were both blown away. And I, it was that feeling of like, man, like of any great movie, after you see it for the first time, you're like, we could, the possibilities are endless. You're just inspired. You're, you've been, you've been, uh, taken on this ride. That's like a magic trick. And it just like, it, it's all palpably there in many, many different ways in this movie. So, uh, I hope, I hope the legacy of this movie grows. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you that in a vacuum, it's an extremely well-made movie. It's, and it's a very compelling focused story. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's also really well acted. T- tremendously. Yeah. I mean, shout out to, to all three main characters. It's, uh, Saeed Tagamawi, Uber Kondi and Vincent Cassell, uh, I might be mispronouncing names there, but, um, I mean, truly, yeah, just like so organic and, and magnetic and really, really wonderful. Any, anything we didn't get to Mark that you wanted to, to, to add? No, I don't think so. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was very fun. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap it up, I had this, I believe at number five on my uh, best of 1995 list. Uh, if anything, I would maybe move it up a notch or two. Um, and I will say, I wish, uh, Max could jump on here just to, to kind of validate this, but he did say that when we recorded this episode, he rewatched Lahane and he said he's knocking usual suspects off of his top five in place of Lahane. He said he saw it in, uh, in a film class in college and was just, he didn't, it didn't, for whatever reason, like he didn't maybe remember it that clearly. Uh, but upon the rewatch, he, he, uh, he really loved it. It's in his top five. And he even said, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, it's true, true cinema. Um, and I kind of want to pick his brain about what exactly that means. Uh, but uh, it sounds like high praise. All right. Well, thank you as always so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player if you haven't uh, already. And if you have a moment and enjoy the show, we would love if you left us a review uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you agree with us or disagree with us or have your own hot takes, send us an email or voice memo to the Oscar went to at gmail.com. And if we think you're onto something, we'll play it on an upcoming episode. Uh, this is our very last of 1995. We are going on to the year in film that is 2001. Next, so if you have a movie that you uh, feel particularly strongly about from 2001, uh, send it our way, and uh, we may just deep dive into that can of worms. And that just about does it. Mark, it has been a sincere pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Ah, yes, thank you. Uh, The pleasure's been all mine. Yes, well, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, there it is. There it is. And uh, Jeff Globloom will be appearing on the show uh, in a future episode. Uh, so please know that. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, Mark. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, you know what? That's fine. Take it easy.